Can we pray? Lord God, we, we thank you that, Father, you have provided for us in so many ways. And as Keenan um, shared, there is so much abundance that we have here in this nation. And, uh, Lord, that you have really lavished on us so much. And, Father, we thank you that we have the privilege of being able to freely open your word, to open the scriptures today. And, Holy Spirit, that as we come into this this time of studying your word, that that, uh, you are alive today, your word is alive, Uh, the Bible comes to life. Uh, We don't just read the Bible, the Bible reads us. And Holy Spirit, you change us from the inside. You come and live in us as we follow Jesus and you change us from the inside out. And Lord, what a privilege to be your followers, Lord Jesus. And what a opportunity today if any of us are not following you or never made that decision, that today is a day where that can happen, where that can begin today. And we pray that will for everyone here who has not yet come to that place. We declare that you have said, Lord, this is the day that you have made and we rejoice and are glad in it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. We've been working through the Gospel of Luke and we have now reached the halfway mark. Uh, Luke chapter 12, we were up to last week. So we'll actually pause it there for a few weeks while we turn our attention to Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And one of the reasons uh, we're turning our attention to uh, 1 Corinthians is because Paul has so much to say about how we are to live as the church, how we are to be the church. One of the challenges in this time we're in, is to simply be the church. It's a very different society. Anyone here who remembers what Australia was like 50 years ago? Oh, I know some some of you do. <laughs> some of you. 50 years ago, I remember. I remember Australia was a place where if there was anyone who was a follower of Jesus, they might, you know, cop a bit of stick, you know, not, nothing too major. But generally, this society we know as Australia was very supportive about Christian followers, about about the church and what the church did. Fifty years later, this time we're in now, not so much. Not so much. But you know what? The challenge 50 years ago was that we were to be the church. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are the church. Not this building. Not one bit of this building is the church. You are the church. I am the church. We are the church. And the challenge today, even though society doesn't really like the church a lot, the challenge is to still be that church, to still be the church. And what Paul wrote all those years ago still speaks to us today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's a map up there. Oh, a bit of advice. The title is Don't Be Uninformed. You're wondering where that comes from. You won't have to wait long to find out. 
And there's a, a, a map there showing you Corinth, which is in modern-day Greece. Ephesus is modern-day Turkey. That's right, modern-day Turkey. Um, and, of course, there's Jerusalem, uh, which is still Jerusalem. Um, the Apostle Paul was serving in Ephesus on his third missionary journey when he wrote 1 Corinthians between AD 54 and 57. So reading from verse 1, here's Paul writing to the church at Corinth, the Corinthians. And they were an interesting bunch with an interesting history, and yet God uh, had called them into eternal life with him, called them to be the church in that age and that time. Verse 1, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Did you hear that? Paul does not want the Corinthians to be uninformed. And as we read it today, he's saying to us, I don't want you to be uninformed either. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as he determines. Don't be uninformed. Paul opened up that passage with that statement. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. How is it, I ask? How is it that in the middle of this information explosion era, we are still so uninformed? So many people peddling their opinions and we still struggle to find the right information. There's still people who think Africa is a country. There's still people who think who were amazed in 2012 when they commemorated the anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. There were distraught people who said, what? That actually happened? I thought it was a movie. How does this happen in this information age where information doubles at the most ridiculous speed? The amount of information. Anyone here in primary school? Yeah, yes. some coy. I, I don't want to embarrass you guys, but actually, I want to. I want to um, give you a big accolade here. This young lady in primary school has more information at her hands than entire civilization of the Middle Ages. That's pretty good, isn't it? Information has exploded. There's information everywhere. So how come people are still uninformed or misinformed, you may say? The problem is that we are overwhelmed with information. We're buried in it. We're, we're swamped by it. We're drowning in it. And that tells me we need God more than ever. 
We need God more than ever. We need him to show us what is right. It doesn't matter how much information we have. Without the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth, we will make consistently bad decisions. Proverbs 1, chapter 7, from the Old Testament. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on all that. But you could almost translate that. Fool, fools prefer ridiculous, maniacal, uninformed, absurd tweets to the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. All those thousands of years ago, God said, this is the way through the information avalanche. This is the way when you're overwhelmed with all these, all these facts, all this stuff, all these people's opinions, overblown opinions. There's incredible teenagers around, but I just got to, the alarm bells go off when someone who, maybe they're older and they look young, this person who looks like a teenager comes on YouTube and, and tells me all these things that, that I couldn't possibly know. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Um, years ago, there was a very talented 14-year-old, and she was incredibly talented. Leanne Rhymes, Leanne Rhymes. The age of 14, she had a number one song um, on the US charts. The age of 14, incredibly talented young lady. Um, and the, her album was, was very successful, the age of 14. The next year, the record company backed it up with Leanne Rhymes, The Early Years. Can you imagine at the age of 14 bringing out an album, The Early Years, back in the old days? It's amazing, isn't it? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. But even in the Bible, there's some controversial topics. Let's be honest, controversial. There's nothing that, that confuses or confounds God. He, he knows, but for us it can be difficult we, and we wrestle with it, don't we? Critics of the book of Daniel say it is difficult to follow, but a great preacher, Greg Laurie, answers them by pointing out that when Jesus referred to the prophecies of Daniel, he said, let the reader understand. If Jesus says, let the reader understand, then he is promising you, he will show you how to understand it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. These same critics will also write off the book of Revelation as too cryptic and mysterious. But the author John, under the inspiration of that same Holy Spirit, promises a blessing to all who approach his account with an open mind. It's right there. A blessing if you approach it with an open mind. Today's passage focuses on a topic that has also been the subject of controversy among believers through the ages, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. As a result, many believers prefer to dodge the subject altogether to avoid conflict. However, the Apostle Paul has opened this passage with a very clear statement that he does not want us to be uninformed. You need to know that if you are a follower of Jesus, then there will be strong evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit 
in your life. Verse 2, Paul wrote to those Corinthians and he said, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in you is that your life has changed. I get so excited when I see lives change. And in these last five years, Sandy and I have seen lives change. And guys, it thrills us to bits. It's, it's the most wonderful thing when we see lives change. Believe me, our lives have changed too. They've needed to change and they still need to change. Anyone here whose life doesn't need to continue changing? Good. Evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in you is that your life has changed. The Corinthians used to be pagans. According to dictionary.com, a pagan or neo-pagan, because there's been a revival, is a member of a religious, spiritual or cultural community based on the worship of nature or the earth. The King James Version puts it this way, that passage, where Paul said, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. The King James Version says, ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols. Pretty right, I reckon. Dumb idols. Those of us here today who are now followers of Jesus can testify that our lives have changed and it is the Holy Spirit living inside of us who continually convicts us of our sin and stirs in us the desperation to cooperate with him and let him change us. How has my life changed? Here's how. I used to serve very large amounts of alcohol to the community as a bartender. Now I serve the Lord as a pastor in this community. I used to play music because it took me to a place that I could escape to. Now I am a musician for the Lord, playing wherever he opens the door for me. I used to actively pursue whatever caught my eye. Now this year on January the 9th, Sandy and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. That's how I've changed. My life used to scream, Jesus be cursed. Now my life declares Jesus is Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit living in me today. Don't be uninformed. Evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in you is that you have a desire to serve Jesus by serving others. This is called Christian ministry and all followers of Jesus are called to be ministers. Every single one. I don't mean that all Christian ministry must follow the same formula. Anyone who thinks that is accusing God of being boring. God is not boring. He's the most exciting person in the universe. Do you think he can be limited to a formula for ministry? Really? God has made us all different. There are different kinds of gifts, Paul wrote in verse 4, but the same spirit distributes them, the same giver. Your ministry may be up front. Your ministry may happen down at the back. Your ministry may be loud and in their faces. Your ministry may be quiet and contemplative. Your ministry may take place in a professional setting. Your ministry may be in a voluntary capacity. 
There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Whatever your ministry looks like, it is the Holy Spirit living inside you who gives you the desire to serve. There are different kinds of working, Paul wrote in verse 6. But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So don't be uninformed. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and only fools despise wisdom and discipline. Evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in you is that you seek to use your gift for the common good of the church, for the common good of the body of Christ. Verse 7, Paul wrote, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Has God used you to speak wisdom to others? To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Has God used you by, by giving you some really clear information that he's challenging you to share with someone who needs to hear it? To another, faith by the same Spirit. Are you someone who can encourage faith in others? When things look grim, you're able to, you're able to strengthen the faith of others. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. Don't we need that gift, the gift of healing? I ask you to pray for us next weekend. We'll actually be away next Sunday. We're going to be visiting my brother Peter. And... Um, Sandy, as you know, is a chemotherapy nurse. Um, so Sandy knows what's going on. And a dear family friend of ours happens to be Peter's nurse down there at the hospital. And Sandy and our friend have compared notes and they've confirmed that medically Peter's cancer is incurable. That's the fact. Medically incurable. But I texted Peter yesterday as, as I was thinking and praying for him and I texted Peter and his wife Joe because Peter and Joe know, they know the reality of what they're facing. Peter is not a believer. Peter and Joe are not believers. And I texted Pete and said, Pete, um, Sandy and I are continuing to pray for that miracle. We're praying for miracles and we're... We're coming to visit again next weekend. So I continue to ask you to stand with us and pray for that miracle. Pray that someone with the gift of healing will be there. And we also know, Sandy, Sandy's a nurse. Sandy knows as well as anyone, healing doesn't always happen on this side of eternity. That if you in this life have the opportunity to meet with Jesus and you accept that gift, then you have the greatest healing there is. But I believe that for my 16-year-old nephew and 12-year-old niece, they would love to see Dad physically healed. Does anyone here agree? Thank you. To another, miraculous powers. I just said, Sandy and I believe in miracles. We've seen so much in our 25 years that that reminds us of the God of miracles. To another prophecy. Prophecy can relate to the future, but most importantly, prophecy is being able to speak the truth regardless of who is upset, regardless of who disagrees, regardless of who feels uncomfortable about it. Prophecy is where we speak the truth into the situation. 
doesn't mean you have a right to be a troublemaker, to be obnoxious. It means you do it because God has given you the prophetic word to speak into the situation. To another, distinguishing between spirits, discernment of spirits, being able to recognise what, regardless of what's happening in, in, in the visible world, recognising that the, the devil is at work wreaking havoc and using people as his instruments, being able to distinguish and recognise that. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now we are in that really controversial area, which includes speaking in different kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. When we get together with members of the other churches, we pray together. Guess what? Members of other churches speak in tongues. It happens. It is in the final verse of this passage where Paul sets the record straight about speaking in tongues, about all the gifts. Verse 11, Paul says, All these, did you hear that? All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. Did he say all except a few of the controversial ones? No, that would be, I would be uninformed if I thought that. No, he said all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, capital S, Spirit, i.e. the Holy Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So it's not for me to say, oh, that shouldn't be happening. Am I really trying to tell the Holy Spirit they shouldn't be distributing that gift to that person? All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. Gordon Fee's commentary on this passage is also very helpful. He says, It is not inspired speech as such that is evidence of the Spirit. Many of them, as in the Corinthians he's talking about, had already known a similar phenomenon as pagans. Rather, what counts is the intelligible and Christian content of such utterances. In other words, Gordon Fee saying, if they're speaking in tongues, there needs to be interpretation. That's pretty simple. I'm a simple guy. That sounds simple to me. Paul is saying, yes, speaking in tongues, it's a gift of the Spirit, but it needs to be with the interpretation of the tongues. What is God saying? Let's not be uninformed. So the evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in you is that your life has changed. Evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in you is that you have a desire to serve Jesus by serving others. And evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in you is that you seek to use your gift for the common good of the church, for the body of Christ. Now, if you have sensed the Holy Spirit inside you today, prompting and stirring you to get serious about using your gift for the common good of the church, to actually play your part in the body of Christ, then I invite you to pray with me. Now, guys, if you've never come to Jesus before, before we pray this prayer, I invite you to pray a prayer with me. If during communion, perhaps, as Keenan shared, in the message through the songs that we sang today, and as we look at the cross, which reminds us that Jesus gave his life for us. He took our sins upon his shoulders and his blood was shed to bring forgiveness for our sin because that was the only way we could be set free for eternity. To receive that gift, we come in repentance and we say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. 
I turn away from my sin, which is what repentance is, and I trust in you for forgiveness that I can walk with you in eternity. I invite you to pray that prayer with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you gave your life for me on the cross. Your blood was shed that I would be forgiven, that your blood would wash away my sin. And so I come to you acknowledging I'm a sinner and I repent of my sin. I choose to turn away from it by trusting in you for that forgiveness as you set me free from my sin. And Lord, as you rose again, you are the resurrected Christ. You have shown me that you have guaranteed eternity for me with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I trust in you today. Show me how to walk with you. And thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit has now come to live inside me to show me how to live as a follower of Jesus. So I invite you, if you've just prayed that prayer, to stand with all the other followers of Jesus. Any followers of Jesus here this morning, I invite you all to stand together and pray this prayer with me. I've called it the Part Player's Prayer. This is, this is how God is working to help us be the church. We're called to be the church. We each play our part. The part player's prayer. Please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I declare that you are my Lord. I really want to live the rest of my life in a way which also declares that you are Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live in me. Please help me play my part in the body of Christ so that others will be blessed and can also follow you. In your mighty name I pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our latest message. Please visit our SoundCloud profile at KBC Media for more podcasts. We would love to invite you to Kalgoorlie Baptist Church to attend our 10am services on Sunday mornings. Kalgoorlie Baptist Church, where our vision is faith found in Jesus, hope for the future, and love for our community.